Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs get together every single week and discuss the important things like how being on this show is a one-stop shop to getting your entire personal brand sniped and ruined forever. Uh, this week we have with us Adam Perry, also known as Red. Mr. Mime. Well, we, we fucked it. It's already about Detective Pikachu, as we already knew it was going to be. <laughs> um, we also have our sweet good boy who's not going to talk about Detective Pikachu, Alfred Clark, also known as Penny Blue. Hey, d- does Mr. Mime say his name or Fuck does he you. mime it? <laughs> I don't actually know this about Pokemon. <laughs> I, I don't know. faith in you, Alfred. <laughs> But does Mr. Mi- oh no. Maybe he Wait. It. Yeah, does he mime it? Why don't I remember this? I watched the shows religiously and they had that little pervert everywhere. He might be the oh, only no. one who doesn't say his own name all the time. No, he does say I it was Mr. Like mime. mime. Mime Oh, Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, well now that feels like it shouldn't be the case now. Yeah, now I'm disappointed. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? Like I'm pretty sure he should definitely not say anything because he is a Mr. Mime. I don't hmm. like this. Anyway, we also <laughs> this this was but, bad. But where's Mrs. Mime? Fuck you. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> your heteronormative bullshit, Adam Perry. Get out of here. We have we also have uh, a new member with us and apparently is here to have his entire brand ruined from the inside out. It's Josh Whitehead. <laughs> Hello. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have to agree. I think that Mr. Mime uh, is ruining his own lineage. If there's no Mrs. Mimes, then how, how are they procreating? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Look. First. Fuck everyone. Second. I just... The idea of the Mr. Mimes doing a bone down uh. is the worst thing that I've ever thought of with my own brain. I mean, um, Ash's mom yeah. lived alone for a long time with just a Mr. Mime for yeah. company. Oh yeah, no, they it was they were definitely oh, fucking, and that is also bad. <laughs> oh, like that, like I don't. Yeah, when you come out and say it like that, though. <laughs> yeah. oh, there's there's so much Pokemon lore that I need to experience, man. Her and Professor Oak were, were doing oh, yeah. it, and Mr. Mime was just okay. in the corner watching. Mr. Mime! <laughs> Mr. Which, I'm so sad that he says his name. Like, I don't know why this isn't a bigger deal in the show. Like, how did how did that just, like, go by the wayside? Oh, That's not okay. We have to oh. not talk about Pikachu, Detective Pikachu slash the fuckable Mr. Mime this entire time. What? Instead, no, please. No, we cannot attach that, that adjective to that to that creature. The fuckable Mr. Mime. Really, that was really let's difficult. Let's the fuckable Mr. Mime. I wish ah. Mr. Mime was dead. I need this to not be a thing. I hate every single thing in this world. My um, man. But yes, um, this week, apart from this, um, we're going to talk about uh, metagaming and D&D and what to do about the ding-dang thing. What we like to do here on Crit Chat, because we're relentless bastards, is we like to take uh, the person that's never been on the show before and throw him in the deep end without any, like, preamble or warning. So, Josh, um, how about we start with you? How about we start with you? So when when do you think metagaming, like, what's your views on metagaming in terms of, like, when it's appropriate and when it's not appropriate? So I I like to believe that metagaming is actually a, a pretty consistent thing it's always happening in game um it's it's something that the dm does constantly it's something that the players do constantly i think there are good and bad types of metagaming right so like for example metagaming could mean that the players know and the characters know that if they go battle somebody 
that they're going to be stronger for it. They're gaining experience as as players, and their characters are gaining experience because they went and did something. In the same way that if characters go to sleep, they know they'll feel better in the morning because they went to sleep. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that they're, that's a positive thing. When you have somebody across the table from you say, hey, why don't you use magic missile? Why don't you, um, why don't you use this or this spell to help us out? I think that that is, if, it, if it's something that like the person needs advice and wants advice, mm -hmm. then that's okay. But if you're doing it just to like control the story and where, where the battles <laughs> are going, um, I think that's an issue that sort of breaks the inherent social contract of what the game is. And I think that's something that depends on the group that you're playing with. Um, so in, in general terms, I think that it really depends. It, it, you have to be a positive, uh, a positive DM that works and collaborates with your players in the same way that the players have to collaborate with each other and with you. But that also means keeping an eye on people collaborating if they're not collaborating if they're not doing these things effectively then that's when you have to step in and say hey guys we got to get back on track we can't do this this much metagaming if it's something that yeah. is going to detract from the story especially your point about yeah when when characters maybe need help like especially with new characters yeah. like i think metagaming when we're talking metagaming i think we're talking more about like people who have like you know been doing the the D, &D for quite a while right uh because like you know when people are first starting out it's all metagame it's all okay look at your look at your spells and this is what you can do six seconds means nothing right now let's just let's just concentrate here right and i i've had characters play the game before where they say you know i, I they're, they're like talking in in battle they're saying like hey you should go do this and I'll go take care of this. That's an actual tactic. People do that in battle in real life. And so yeah. I think that's fine. Just be aware that the enemies can also hear you um, mm -hmm. if you're going to do that. If you're doing it out loud in character and saying yes. you should run over there, then chances are your enemy can probably hear you unless you have like a telepathic connection or speak in a different language interesting i like the uh yeah i definitely like the angle of just like <laughs> as the dm you just you just listen to what your players are saying to each other and then just like well the enemies heard you say all of that and like <laughs> yeah like yeah. that's super cool <laughs> oh no but no but we weren't seeing it in character no. it's like hi then you don't know any of it do you, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? yeah like I think there it's like, yeah, that I think that's one of the, the tricky things with metagaming though, um, in that instance, because yeah, you've got you've got that amount of they they're able to talk to each other. But where is it that you curb it? Because a lot of the time when you're like the six second rule, you're a bit lenient on it because yeah. a lot of the things that happen in those six seconds are slightly ridiculous. Um Co yeah, combat doesn't tend to make a lot of sense in five E. Yeah, yeah, not not a not a whole heck ton, but um so yeah, it's kind of like where where is the point where you curb it? So I I think that it really depends. If they're talking like stats, then I think you should you should curb it sooner rather than later. If they're talking mm. like while they're battling, let's say while they're doing the battle, they're saying, You take care of this guy, I'll take care of the big guy. I think that's perfectly fine. If it yeah. takes twenty seconds to get through that, whatever. Um, if it's something like you've got a timed trap, then I actually bust out a, a timer and say, <laughs> oh, yeah. you've got this amount of time. And in <laughs> character, 
figure it out. And that also means character knowledge versus human knowledge is is tricky in a lot of situations because mm-hmm. if if the person figures it out, if if like you've got a grand puzzle and a grand plot and somebody figures it out, then in my book, the character also figured it out, unless it's oh, by yeah. using knowledge that the character would not otherwise have. Like sneaking into your room and stealing your notes. Like right. that, <laughs> like, you know, well, the, the, classic player there's stuff. There's a good example yeah. that could be made of that as well. So if you say you've got a character with, I don't know, well, talk, talking strictly 5e earlier, like a 6 or a 7 in intelligence, not the brightest grape in the bunch, obviously. And then you... <laughs> right. You, there's a riddle room that they, they have to do in this dungeon and the person with six intelligence is actually fairly smart in real life and figures the riddle out in a couple of, you know, in a couple of seconds. Nobody else does. Yeah. Is it then fair for them to go, oh, I know the answer? And I think that's fine because right. even, you know, less intelligent people or less inter- intelligent characters in films, they often have that, you know, Shazam mm-hmm. brainiac moment where they just hit out <laughs> with an absolute belter of an answer and it's the right yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you figure it out, then sure, why not? Mm. I've I've always I've always seen it as a very in those situations. It's very much like your character's intelligence is kind of based on things that they would have to roll for, like things that they, as a human being, wouldn't probably know, but like them as a character being might know if they do a good roll for it. You know, whereas like. Yeah, there are just it, it. It's like that same age old thing of like how how do you know like when characters are supposed to like what like do you do checks for characters to remember things or do you just tell your characters like things that they should remember because uh, they've not written them down because they're assholes. I, I think that there's another thing there that you just hit on that's that's mm-hmm. how do you as the the DM also avoid metagaming because I think it's it's a a common thing especially with newer DMs that you sometimes do that like the are you sure kind of either a look or you ask <laughs> is that is that really what you want to do and i think that yeah. that in itself is also metagaming that you yeah. you're either going to force them to take it back or they're going to lean into it and then you've got like a struggle for for power and that's going to mess up the group dynamic so i think avoiding those is another sort of that's one of those bad metagaming things that I, I try to avoid if I can. There's a good workaround to doing that, though, is that mm-hmm. instead of going, are you sure, or giving them a knowing look, you repeat what they want to do and confirm it with them. So, for example, Esme, and I, I run a campaign for Esme and her girlfriend, so last week they set off a trap going into a room, and when they were leaving the room, they were, um, there wasn't anything mentioned about that trap going off, so... If you don't tell me about a trap, it's going to go off again. But what I done was I repeated what Brogan wanted to do, like confirmed it a few times, and she was like, yep, yep, that's fine. So the trap went off and nearly killed Esme in the process. Yeah, that was fun. Um, that was a good day. But I, it's, a, it's a good technique, I think, of just repeating what they want to do slowly, just so that you they know that you know what you want them to do, but it's not a, are you sure kind of thing yeah. yeah i think when when it comes to dm metagaming which you've mentioned a couple of times now which was not something that i was actually thinking about a lot coming into this episode but now that it's there i'm thinking about it a lot and it's very interesting because i i really like the idea of dm metagaming as a concept because i always was just like oh you know like the dm's a dm of course that like they know everything but they kind of don't um and i think dm metagaming uh, in terms of things that i've done in the past can be used as like a kind of really good thing 
just because, well, first off, it's your world. You're creating it as you go. And right. I feel like you can use metagaming to make it more of a collaborative story rather than less of one. Um, especially for like instances of, you know, they're they're fighting a, a boss um, and then one of them's like, oh, do you remember that setup that there was like earlier in this session? Um, I think that we have to do X, Y, and Z, and then that would kill the monster. And you're like, well, I did not think about that at all. But that's very, very smart. And, like, I like the way you're thinking. And so, yeah, of course that's how you kill the monster. That's really cool. <laughs> um, and it's, yeah, it's it's metagaming because, you know, it was never supposed to be like that. But I, I think that it can be used to reward your players for, like, lateral thinking and thinking outside the box, which is, like, a really cool, cool, fun thing. Yeah, and I, I think... In the same way, though, that can be negative, they're, they're, especially when you've got newer players, again, that that um, maybe are trying to do that struggle for power type of thing because they don't know any better. They There are DMs out there that, like, punish punish their players for, for making decisions, um, like mm-hmm. saying, you know, I, I want to skip a whole section of what's going on in this story, and they find a way to do it, and then you suddenly like make them fall down a ditch or something. Um, I I think that's one of those situations that it's much more forward. It's very clear what's happening, but it's still, it's, it's definitely metagaming. Um, But in that, in that, in that instance, I think that if you want to be the type of DM that controls where the plot is going, go and write a book. Don't D and D. Don't play D and D. Don't play D and D. Play, the role of the dungeon master is to fill in the narrative with the bits that the player cannot do. It is not the job to guide them. Unless it's a fully railroaded campaign and your players are aware of this, but even then they're still getting to make decisions. But if it's the case of, okay, you go to the bar, well, I don't want to go to the bar, well, I'm telling you, you're going there. No, write a book. Yeah. Stop right. DMing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that all boils down to, to session zero, right? You you have to establish what kind yeah. of campaign you're running and, and work out that social contract contract like in the same way that sort of it's a very commonplace metagame from a dm standpoint as well in that social construct or that social contract to say you know everybody's a good character nobody is going to leave the the party nobody's going to fight each other in the party or steal Mm -hmm. from each other in the party and that's that Mm -hmm. can be positive if that's something the group works out and wants to do but if somebody in the group wants to be an evil character or a chaotic character that wants to steal from the players and wants to go and do their own thing then that's the what you as the dm should try to accommodate (laughs) well that i think that depends um again on the type of campaign you're running there's a campaign that i'm running at the moment where i don't want evil characters because they are it's a heroic story that the group are telling, mm-hmm. and then I've got a character who just wants to be that guy, and it's <laughs> and I'm trying to let him do it, but in the same way, I'm going. Your friends are going to kick you out the group if they catch yeah. you yeah. doing this. Do it oh, yeah. when they're asleep, and he's refusing to listen to me. <laughs> so it, what what befalls him is what befalls him. Um, I'll, right, I and will, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's still a kind of metagaming. Um, it's just, it depends on the social contract that your group has. I think mm-hmm. metagaming as a DM is, I think it's, I mean, you're constantly metagaming as a D- DM, even if you don't think about it, mm-hmm. because, I mean, you can kill the players mm-hmm. with a snap of your fingers and 
rocks fall and everyone dies. Everyone knows that. But <laughs> so you can DM one way or you can DM another way. But at the end of the day, you're doing it for them. You want to tell a story. So there was a in my in my game yesterday. Um, one of the enemies was going to deal a killing blow on a player, and I was just like, no, I don't really fancy that right now. So they <laughs> it went off and attacked something yeah. else because it was a stupid. It was like a dumb bird animal. It went off and attacked something else. <laughs> Like so, yeah, it's yeah. so easy to just yeah, killing blow. You're done. Make a new character. But what's the fun in yeah. that? So meta game oh, yeah. it. They've got a reason to go and attack something else, and then you they get a chance to save them. Yeah, yeah. I, we've got um, uh, Bobacus in chat right now that brought up uh, Angry GM's murky mi- murky mirror principle, which is difficult for my dumb face to say. Um, yeah. So apparently, uh, it's it's. The principle of uh, disallowing like all out of character talk at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so like essentially whatever a player says, like that's what is happening with the character. So if they say something, then the character is so- saying something, no matter like how metagamey it is. Um, we got an excerpt from the Angry GM's blog. So example. When the character is saying, my character refuses to help you because he thinks orcs are all savages uh, because he saw them murder his parents, his character is probably saying something like, scum like you butchered my parents and I'd rather have every one of my fingers broken than lift one of them to help a monster like you. I, I that, that, That's an interesting thing of like making not, like making everything in game. And I don't know how that would like play out. And it terrifies me in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's tough i like it like I, it's definitely something that i wouldn't in like in one way it's good because what that is essentially doing it because like that statement uh my character refuses to help because he thinks like that's a player who is like make his it, that player's character is making a decision um and mm-hmm. they're not actually role-playing the decision or they're not saying what their character says and so you're kind of yeah. just in like inferring something uh, yeah. inferring them saying something um whereas i think a lot of people are just like i immediately think about like when we when we play in half damage um I, i'm always like i think a lot of us just like are, are basically going through our thought process <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> out loud and then we'll say something and like that and that doesn't wouldn't make sense in that case i don't think but i like it in general and it is kind of an extension of what you we were saying earlier about like yeah if you're if you're doing cross combat talk then everyone around you can hear which i really like i I think it really depends on how immersive you want to get how how immersive your group wants to be in the story if it's something like everything you say is in character and that's what you guys want to do then then Mm -hmm. that's what we'll do but i don't don't police it there's no reason to police it it's it's all still a game and you're still trying to be collaborative um and make Mm -hmm. it work for the the social construct contract whatever the group wants is how we'll do it but we have to be consistent and and not like punish you for doing it out of out of that way i like there's definitely certain instances where metagaming is like very very useful and like helps make the story kind of move along like for instance like if your your characters as they always do split the party um and they're doing like certain things around town say um but at some point they need to get back together sure you can like role play everyone <laughs> searching around for a million years and like <laughs> try to like be like okay i know that you know they're in mm. the the cafe but 
What would your character know that? <laughs> Where would your character uh, it's think the, they got Oh, the- wait, mobile phones haven't been invented yet, game. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Or, or like in the same way, if, if I, in a lot of cases when one character finds out something and they'll, they'll ask like, okay, what, what do I do now? And I'll say, well, do you share that with the group? And yeah. if they say yes... Then we just skip forward. You guys all heard what they just heard. And that that's still a form of metagaming because you're taking the game out of context for a moment um, mm-hmm. and, and sort of progressing the story without doing it in character. Um, it, I think that's okay to progress what whatever plot you're doing mm-hmm. um, it, in the same way that like it. And that's 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 a big part of character knowledge versus player knowledge. And I guess that's one of those weird instances where it really depends on what you want to do. Again, if you're if you want to be completely immersive and talk those out, then please. Uh, if yeah. you want to leave out a single detail about like oh, and also by the way, this guy killed my dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that, but you know, it, it's it really depends. And if that's something mm-hmm. that you want to have those those personal scenes, then that's your prerogative. Mm. See, I just need to say that I like having new people on the show just because we go straight to, like, you killed my dad instead of you <laughs> fucked my sister. Like, <laughs> like it's just the little differences that I appreciate. I'm just like, oh, wait, yeah. yeah. Not everything has to be about sex. That's weird. What's this? What's this podcast uh, I'm on? Anyway. Yeah, the, uh, no, yeah, just, I, yeah, it's, um, Oh, I had a really, yeah. It's I, in that in that case, I think the it's yeah. It's like a case where I think the meta like that meta gaming is kind of the standard that like the standard I, I guess. Um, and, I, and it it's something that is I feel like it's just convenient. Um, but I think uh in in that case, it's just like I I think the uh, it, it's not that meta gaming is bad. It's just I I think you can have some extra fun by, um, sometimes um, you know, working around it. Um so that the players are more in line with what their characters know like it, it, it's the it's the standard like like i think um actually this is one of the best things about a uh, critical role um mm-hmm. because they uh, they do an amazing job of sometimes just playing out a scene in front of everyone sometimes matt mercer will get out of his chair and whisper in someone's ear and you know, yeah like they do a really good mix of like just keeping things moving when it's not like the most you know the most important stuff um and then also having these really fun moments where one player knows something and the others don't yeah yeah i do enjoy that a lot oh i think one of one of the the key differences that i was that um i think is being brought up a little bit um seems to be when the the characters are metagaming that would be kind of to the dm's detriment i guess that it's um that it's kind of fine you know like whatever it <laughs> like that's kind of what you what, what happens in dnd um i think that the problem really comes about when it's metagaming to the other character's detriment mm-hmm. so for instance like if one of the characters get some information like you were saying josh um um, but got that information in front of everyone and it's like actually i don't want to share it but the other characters or the other players metagame it and be like and either try and push for that information or find a workaround so that they can also find the same information so that like they know everything you know um and i think that that's really where metagaming kind of is 
the not okay version of metagaming, you know? In the same way that, like, if one person has an inkling that something is religion-based or arcana-based and rolls to check for one of those things and fails, and then one of the other players says, oh, let me try. Yes. Because my stat is higher. I think that's also an issue. I don't think it's something that, again, that you, you need to police, but you say at the beginning with that social contract, like, hey... I don't think this is cool. I think that this is pushing the line a little bit um, because if if this is an inkling, then there's no reason. I think that in the case of that, you just need to you just need to come out of the story and just be like, yo, no, mm-hmm. unless that yeah. right. So uh, so in my games, I tend to do nat one, nat twenty, auto success, auto fail because cool shit can happen and also bad shit yeah. can happen, and that's fun and it's a game, so who cares? That's very fun. And <laughs> right. I think that if you're rolling a, for example, if you're rolling a history check to check up on a plot statue, and you roll a you roll a one, and then another player goes, "Can I try?" I think that's okay because, like, the chances of it rolling a one are you know one in twenty, and if it's even mm. with just basic knowledge, um, it's something that you might know, but then why would it require a roll in the first place? But it's just to gleam a bit of mm. extra details, so. I think that's fine, but if a, a character rolls low, and then they, because I, I've had situations where they they immediately roll it low, and they're like, actually no, I don't know anything, and then they say nothing about it and move on. But then I'll also get the people that are like, oh, but I oh I can roll like unless you've got I yeah. then go only if you've got proficiency in it, you can make a roll, yeah, and nobody else gets to make that roll because mm-hmm. this is pushing it but if it's like uh I, I, like I, I know you mentioned alfred about insight checks um and you doing the role behind the screen so you can let so you don't let players know and i th- i think that you need to have a set amount of trust in your players that if they roll low that it's just not something that they know and that's the game i think taking roles away from players is again mm-hmm. for me straying down the line of go write a book because what's to stop you then from writing, like, uh, what's to stop you then from going, oh, well, I'm going to make your investigation check for you, because there could be something here, or I'm going to make your strength check for you. And I think that you just need to place a set amount of trust I, I, in your players. I'm definitely not, um, I'm definitely not saying that you would decide when they roll. I'm just, I just mean that they wouldn't see the result. They would say, I would like to roll insight, and then you roll it behind the screen so that they don't know whether their roll was low or high. They just have to go off of mm-hmm. the things that you say. Um, yeah. It, yeah. So that, that, that is a specific example just with, because like, because I've had, I've had games where people will be like, I'm a, I'm a go, I'm a go sneak down this uh, tunnel and then they'll roll stealth and I'll get like a three and they'll be like, actually, now nah, I'm going to hang back. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, it's like, okay, in that case, sure. I'm like, no, you've said you're sneaking down the tunnel. The, you, mm-hmm. you're not getting away from that because you you sure. as a character you don't have a clue that you're not a person you're that you're in a game you <laughs> mm-hmm. are you're yeah. going down the tunnel and you are being pretty bad about mm-hmm. it like you're making yeah, noise but uh, yeah and, and and yeah i agree but it, it it just kind of creates this weird tension i think like like with the like uh, it, it applies more to the like uh the insight that i was saying um just because uh, if someone's lying and you like, like if you like, you don't know whether or not you have a good read on someone most of the time. I think, mm-hmm. uh, like, there's a good. I think there's a good argument for saying that, like, if someone is inscrutable, then you can, then you kind of get the idea that they're inscrutable. But um, 
I don't think that, uh, like, I, I feel like seeing the role can be uh, kind of a negative thing. And it's not just, um, and it's not like me as the DM, I don't want them to, it's it's kind of like, it's it's weird to roll, to as a player, to roll insight and see that you screwed it <laughs> and then you kind of, yeah, I don't know. Or, or like you roll really high on insight. This is the worst case, actually, I think. You roll high <laughs> on your insight, the DM says, no, they seem to be telling the truth. And then you 100% know that they're, that like what they said was truthful. There is no doubt. Like that is, it. like it's kind of a weird, sad place uh, that that interaction ends up in, I think. I think a good way to mm-hmm. take from that is that if, if that is an issue, if your players are just, you know, doing that, is don't have them roll insight, use their passive insight skill and have the the NPC that they're talking to roll persuasion or deception so that when they ask, you're like, mm-hmm. no, they seem pretty convincing without having them roll. Um, so that it takes away yeah. the dice roll, but that's there's good. all that you've made a dice roll that you know you can trust that's yourself with. That would, yeah, that's a good way of yeah. re... That's it. Yeah, no, because yeah. like I, I was gonna say, like I, I think I think I may might prefer that in 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 a general sense, but like there there's been a couple of D and D games that I I've listened to in podcasts where the DM makes all the rolls. Uh, a lot of the time for it is just for ease of the podcast sake, and it wasn't like a big, you know, I, like it wasn't like a decision beforehand. But in those instances, it's always seemed a little weirdly a bit more immersive it does take away the fun of rolling dice which is yeah one of the best parts of D. so i wouldn't think that i want to do it in general but it does add a layer of immersion to it because mm. you you don't really you don't know and that's that's kind of cool that's like i don't know i think that's a good way for on podcast form to prevent cheating as well <laughs> to be fair yeah that but yeah oh, that's yeah. kind of where i'm coming at this from like i like I, I i i yeah i totally agree basically and but yeah but the rolling dice is a big part of the like it's literally like just the the enjoyment of rolling a dice is literally the one only reason that i think that it's so good you know it that it is better for players to roll the dice like that's i mean that's the only that is the only yeah actual advantage um especially in when you're playing like D where where you have like where you're arbitrarily setting like difficulties and stuff yeah yeah but yeah anyway I like I like that D and D is like eighty percent is like oh yeah we're gonna roll dice and like you're gonna figure out the results based on the dice and it's and, and that's very good that's very very good for all the the players involved um, but then you've just got the DM just sitting there like none of this <laughs> means anything I don't think but yeah no uh yeah one of the one of the things that uh, we also had to bring up was the the idea of like going out of the room for like character sidebars like as we were saying before a little bit with. Um, uh, with critical role and how like how sometimes they they do like little little <laughs> sexy ear whispers and sometimes they do like like everyone leave the room and we'll talk here um but kind of like you know the reverse of that where they um where like you take a character out of the room um so that that you can have like a little a little sidebar like is that something that you guys do in general or are you more like <laughs> live in the room uh in in my experience i like to i i've done in the past where i text them um or i'll i'll send them a message and say like here's what's happening for you right now um make sure that you're you don't if you want to share this then you can share it but otherwise this is your knowledge then i have to trust my big fat idiot thumbs to do text good (laughs) which is not a good plan because one more game because of a big fat idiot thumbs. They're not. They're not gonna do it good. But you know, I, I think it. 
it depends on your players again i think because i've had really heavy role play groups where a lot of my like half my friends have been voice actors as well um so they can they know when to shut up and they know when that this is not their knowledge but then i've also (laughs) had groups that oh this this person pulls you behind a wall Uh, do i see it (laughs) (laughs) no you don't (laughs) funnily enough you're halfway around the city you do not see this. <laughs> you don't know. And what if I ran back there really fast? Like, oh, I think some. Oh, where's where's Arthur? I'm gonna head back. Like why? And I I I think it just comes down to the DM once again being like, no. <laughs> it's like it it comes back to the age old thing of never tell your players no. No, tell your fucking players no. Sometimes, otherwise they'll just <laughs> yeah. walk all over you. Uh, Alfred, how about you? Where are you sat on the little secret room combos? <laughs> yeah, so it, yeah, it's it, it's not something that I've um, had the opportunity to use as much like that that much just because of how like I my, I think my games just haven't gone on quite long enough. But it's definitely it is uh, something that I one hundred percent would want to do. Uh, it's like <laughs> I I don't know if it's really tied into metagaming that much for me. It's more like. Uh, because I think it's more fun. Um, yeah, as far as ca- like like making sure that people don't metagame around it. Uh, yeah, like it, yeah, it's it's that yeah. It like certain groups, I think it will be. But that's kind of like I, I guess that's what I end up at is um, either you're you're in a group where people would weirdly use that information to metagame, and that would be awkward. And then in that case, you should do sidebars. Or uh, you have the heavy, the heavy in-character RP group um, who wouldn't metagame, but also they probably get more out of the experience of not knowing what that character just went through, and then the character yeah. talking to them about it afterwards if they wanted to. Yeah, um, I get that. So it's kind of like a for me, it feels like in both situations, it's more fun slash you can avoid metagaming. Yeah, I think I like that. Also, Adam Parrott, are you fucking taping something during my fucking podcast? What the shit are you doing? Hey, Adam Perry, what the shit are you taping during Nothing. my fucking podcast? Adam Perry, what are you taping during my mother shitting podcast? It was in my eardrums, Adam Perry. It's like you came over to my house and we're like, hey, I'm busy doing some shit right now. We got presents to wrap, bitch. Just did it in my ear. What are you doing? Nothing. I fucking hate you. If you don't show up at my door later today with a perfectly wrapped fucking present that's been expertly taped, then I'm gonna rain down upon you with an almighty vengeance. Okay. <laughs> Hello there, nerds. Welcome to the middle of podcast break chat with Ismay. Hope you're enjoying this first episode with Josh Whitehead. It's really good to have him on the show. Hopefully, he'll be back for many more in the future. And hopefully, this doesn't put his brand in the toilet. But you know, whatever. Maybe it will. Fuck it. <laughs> Stay tuned to the end so you can hear all the plugs that we got for you, including the new ones from the beautiful Mr. Josh Whitehead. If you want to find us on Crit Chat, other places, if you want to go on our social medias, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Crit Chat, all one word, or on twitter.com forward slash Crit underscore chat, or give us a little Crit Chat hashtag, and you might get a little shout out on the show. We got some thanks to Mumfrey999 and Adam is Red Scar for giving us some, some good lucks for getting the hard drive repaired and all of the files back, and I truly believe that it was with those that we actually got 
our episode of, of uh, Half Damage back, thankfully. Um, so if you want to go and actually listen to the episode that might have been lost to time, and thankfully wasn't, uh, you can go and follow Half Damage on any podcast app. Uh, it is our uh, actual Play Curse of Strahd podcast. It is a heck ton of fun. And if I had lost that episode, I would be an inconsolable mess right now. So thank you to those guys for the support. If you want to support the show and, you know help pay towards me getting a new hard drive because the other one is still fuck lost um, you can go to patreon.com forward slash crit chat all one word and kick in as little as a dollar a month it really makes all the difference it helps us out and again I will be able to buy a hard drive and I won't be stealing the hard drive from the guy that you know saved the files you get some cool rewards on there and honestly it just touches my little heart and makes it feel like actually people think that this is a worthwhile thing that we're doing which is always a nice feeling you know you can find our Discord in the link to in the description, um, and you can find Crit Chat on all the places that you would find podcasts, you know, like all your pod apps. And if you go onto iTunes, you can find us there if you search Crit Chat on your podcast. And that really helps us out. If you leave us a little review and it gets us up the charts and it makes people actually know who and what the fuck we is. Also, it can't go without saying that Adam Perry actually did show up to my house later that day with a very nicely wrapped and taped present, even though he wasn't taping that in the first place. He did bring it to make reparations. So you know what? Good lad. Anyway, I'm going to let you get back to the episode now. Um, if you want to see us in the future, you can see us live on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. GMT over on A Teacup Gamer on Twitch, or you can catch us every Saturday when these episodes come out. See you later, nerds. In, in that, in the, the thing of like taking people out of the room, um, I'm very much on team. I love to do little asides. I mean, like it can get ridiculous, so you just kind of have to not have that, uh, like have it so bad, I guess, or like try your best. Um, but I love me a little aside. And I think for, yeah, some of it is like it helps with metagaming because as Alfred was saying, like it is a really nice moment when... Like, the characters, like, have to talk it out, you know, like, afterwards, instead of kind of having, like, a vague knowledge. So, like, yeah, if the, if the thing that you're going to talk to him is, like, hey, mind, like, like this is some, like, sad backstory stuff. Um, and if you're doing that in the room, then there's the... There, there's, there's the... The idea that, that that can just kind of get let go of, you know, because the players heard the character's sad backstory that the characters don't have to hear it, you know? Mm -hmm. Whereas if, like, you take them out of the room and they know that something's going on, they've got a little... In, in a way, it is also making them metagame because they're like... What? What? What is this? What the fuck <laughs> what? is going on? <laughs> what? what? Oh, God. There was music. It's there my was... door well. Don't, don't worry about it. I, give me one <laughs> oh. second. <laughs> <laughs> Music of fuck you, Ismay, and your stupid talk. What do you want? <laughs> or God was happy at what I was saying. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I uh, like it. It is metagaming in a way because it makes your your players have to sit up and pay attention. Like I want to find out what was said out there. So me as the character is going to like go out there and find out. You know. But it. it I think that in a lot of the way times it like encourages more role play afterwards. Uh, I've done it. I've done it a couple of times in half damage now, um, where I've taken like a, a character aside and done a little extra thing. Uh, one hasn't come out yet, but uh, one has, and I think it was just very. It was very nice because like 
at the time, no one really knew what was going on. Then afterwards, they they were able to listen back to it and hear what happened and kind of process it on in their own time. Because, yeah, I think that when, when something happens at the table, you have, like, an immediate response of you want to know it. Whereas if you, like, hear it a bit in hindsight, you're like, okay, that's something that I might want to talk about later. Um, which is... You know, hmm. just kind of a, th- a cool, fun thing you could do with podcasts, I guess, that doesn't translate <laughs> into real games. So yeah, it weirdly, it weirdly is like a very unique experience because you because when you because when you listen back to it, you also get you get everything. It's all framed better and like nicely edited, and there's music yeah. and like yeah, it, it like hits you harder. Yeah, I don't know. it's very weird. <laughs> yeah. So I've not taken, I've not done any podcast or I've not done any sort of um, online D&D where not everyone's there. But what would you do in that regard, Esme, if you've taken someone aside um, and given them information and this is information that that character and player then choose not to share and then one of your players go back, watch the podcast to get that information, what would you do if they they then start using that information? Uh, well, it will be a very awkward conversation, but like it would probably, it would still definitely be like a sit down. We have to talk about like not do. Please, please don't do that. Like I feel like I'm in like a very good position just because yeah, all of the the people in Half Damage are also part of this show and like our DMs themselves and know about the sadness and the curse of metagaming. I, I like so, yeah. I, I like my my as far yeah as far as the type of information we've been sharing like because we're so we're such a like cooperative group um like the characters yeah. are cooperative um I think the only the only way that that would happen uh the only like the only case uh, would be like um I listened to this character moment uh, for this other character and I would like to maneuver the narrative so that my character can. Uh, uh, interact with that um so like mm-hmm. you know it, and that's kind of like a yeah it's like it would it, it's kind of the type of thing that you do all the time when you're playing like a like a story game like a narrative um kind of monster of the week type game yeah um yeah where you're just where you're kind of writer room, writer's rooming and like maneuvering it so that you can have this little character moment um but like in that case you're meta gaming because you because your character doesn't know but you're you, but you're like you're just you're shaping the like what's happening you're shaping the events so that your characters can learn about each like the moment does that make sense yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know i get i get what you're talking about also um we got uh tbda in chat also been like um for for knowledge uh, that the other characters might not know writing it down and passing it along uh, instead of using cells, just because like mobiles are the death of all games, <sighs> as I have <laughs> talked about before, Truth. I hate them so much. I mean, they're great for like all of my for like spell spell apps and stuff like that, but otherwise, oh, they end my life. Um, but yeah, I, I do I do like the the tactile thing of like writing down a note and passing it along to one of the players. Like that's also it also feels good as well like it it curbs metagaming a little bit um or a lot of it um but it also yeah it's got like a cool fun like intrigue and it yeah it feels less like you're taking something away from the players mm. and more like you're giving something to them because it's like oh look at this cool new thing that you get yeah to know. it's it's that's it's totally super secret it's totally true like but like that's just the whole like i i love handouts i think handouts are the best thing about D oh, so and good. like just just yeah and like because you can have a lot of like lots of stuff like written before the game and like yeah if you want if, if something arises and you have to improvise then you can just like take a minute and write write it down and then pass it on i guess 
uh i guess that would slow it down a bit but yeah like handouts for players it's just it's just so much fun and then the player can like because yeah. it, it, it doesn't take any less time than you saying it to the table uh like if the if the character mm-hmm. decides to say it right like if yeah so because I, I think yeah a lot of the ways that we've talked about to kind of curb metagaming are at, uh, in, in one hand like they shouldn't be entirely necessary because there should be that kind of like inherent trust between the the characters but a lot of the time the way that you can curb metagaming can be really fun and add to the experience instead of being like a punishment uh for them talking bullshit and not like you know kind of thinking about what their character would know mm-hmm. a lot of metagaming might be able to be handled with kind of having a talk with the players about how sometimes failure can make the game more fun mm-hmm. um cuz yeah in that in those instances of like one character doing a history check and then failing and everyone else being like oh well I'll do a history check too it's also sometimes just it just like if you just are able to have a conversation with them being like ah, sometimes like if you fail at this like more interesting things will happen later or you'll get an opportunity to like figure it out later but this is not your time you know <laughs> also like bonkers and chess just another good check <laughs> technique is just lying to your players absolutely oh, no that's actually such a good point to bring up see if they roll like see if they roll low on a history check have you ever come across that guy that bullshits their way through like information? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and people believe him because he's so confident. Just be like, yeah, this this is a thing. Um, and then when they actually find out the oh, truth, so they're fun. like, oh, DM, you did this. I'm like, I didn't do anything. Your cat, this character, <laughs> told you that because he didn't know and made yeah. it up. Yeah, I do. Mm. I think I think that that's one of the ways where um like nat ones are like very very fu- like. Well, mm-hmm. it depends on the players that you have, but, like, if you get, like, your characters that, like, do a nat one on, like, a history check, and you're just like, okay, no, no, we're gonna do a fun, fun, cool roleplay thing, your character is sure that it's just, like, no matter what anyone tells you, you are you sure are that it is this way. that this man yeah. killed your father. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 like yeah, and like you will have those players that are just like veer, like let themselves be easily swayed other, another way when a character's like, well, actually, it's like this, and they're like, oh, well, I guess I was wrong. But then you'll have the fun ones that go along with yeah. it, and they're like, well, this is the hill I'll die on, fuckos. <laughs> it's I really like I like the like that ones on a perception check. One of my favorite yeah. things to do is is like yeah, you you look up and you see a lot of grinning faces. You you're on a big <laughs> table, and then you're back. <laughs> yeah. And then they, they usually just go, huh, and then move on. <laughs> You're like, no, no, appreciate my good, funny D&D joke that I did. Shut up. <laughs> okay, you've blinded yourself. You've walked into a tree branch and you're blind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, appreciate my good, funny jokes that I do. God damn it. But, like, here's the thing. Ryan Reynolds was the wrong choice for Detective Pikachu. He was. All I, have to say. I want Danny DeVito. Oh yeah, everyone wanted Danny DeVito. Look, I tried to find a good fun segue to it, but like, I literally this entire time have just been like, like Charlie Kelly, like putting up pictures and like putting red lines to them. I've been just like circling a picture of Detective Pikachu and writing like question marks next to it. Like, how do I make this connection? I can't. But I really, really like Detective Pikachu. When I watched the trailer, 
the small child that still is within me that that doesn't want to constantly die was excited. I feel like Detective Pikachu is going to um bring back my my childhood splendor once again. And, one, one thing uh, one thing about it though is do you remember seeing all these cool sorry to interrupt you but I just saw this <laughs> uh, you know all those cool like realistic pokemon that this artist would draw yeah mm-hmm. yeah he got hired to work on the film oh is that why they that look mildly horrific yes <laughs> cuz like they like I always I always like I, I I very much liked their art and like all the things that they did with it like cuz like they were very realistic and very cool um, but they always had that edge of a dystopian horror that made me want to rip my ding dang eyes out, um, yeah. which is what Detective Pikachu is also doing for me, and that's something I can get behind yeah, as a concept. It's just a beautiful like moment of a like a an actual full budget budget film, like just basically taking a huge chunk of internet meme <laughs> culture, like like so much. It's so it's so grim. Like there's there's a scene where you see like. <laughs> friggin like uh club pikachu with like weird quiff hair and he like like standing over some sleeping guy and he like turns and frowns at the camera like it's so (laughs) it's so dystopian like like, this world is kind of a cesspool of nightmares but at the same time things like this exist and it's fucking excellent have you seen psyduck psyduck looks terrifying (laughs) no i didn't even think of psyduck they all look terrifying Detective Pikachu Psyduck. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I, I think it's great. To my good fun D&D podcast. <laughs> I brought this up. I wanted this to happen. The Charizard makes me a little bit uncomfortable, and by a little bit uncomfortable, uh, it scares me a lot, because he's got he's a bit ripped. He's mm-hmm. a little ripped. Like I feel like they, they, they had like another model for it, and we're like, yeah, but can we make it like... Two percent more fuckable, and I'm like, okay, we don't like that. <laughs> like, it's not more fuckable in any way, but like two percent, maybe. Oh god, no, the side duck is a is a nightmare. Oh yeah. Jesus, it's truly terrifying. It's, I, oh no, <laughs> it's so you can scary. see its milky eyeball. <laughs> Yeah. Look! Look at the hair on Mister Mime's head, like an old man, <laughs> and he's got the he's got freckles, and oh. Uh, Oh, and also we need we like I don't think any conversation is complete without talking about how very very good like Jigglypuff's little like quiff thing is like mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's an icon that we can all look up to really mm-hmm. and that's good. My friend was getting raging because a, a halfway through the film you see these what well, these oh I've seen the film already by the way guys halfway through <laughs> the trailer uh, you see like the Pikachu not the Pikachu the Jigglypuff. Um, like the the original like the cartoony artwork, but it's on a balloon. And he was going, "Why have they? Why have they made this? Why have they made it a cartoon balloon if the actual thing is horrifying?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, because people never cartoonified animals for a logo." <laughs> <laughs> like they managed to make Bulbasaur very very good. Like Bulbasaur is very very good and is shaped like a friend, which is excellent. What? And they didn't ruin the good Bulbasaur. But I'm I'm terrified what the for what the future holds for us. Like, mm. what is Diglett gonna be? Where where are we gonna? Where's Diglett gonna come into it? Like, I just, I, I can't. There's so many Pokemon that I just can't imagine. 
Uh. I also like I was so there's 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 another podcast. It's called it's called like the the worst idea or something like that. The McElroys talk about it all of it. It's um, people who like watch the worst idea of all time. It's, the worst uh, of idea of all time. Yeah. They watch they watch Paul Blart Marl Cop every week and talk about like Marl Cop. No, they Marl they do Cop. um Grown Ups too. Uh, they watch. Oh, is it Grown Ups too? Yeah, they watch Grown Ups too. You're thinking of uh Till Death Do Us Blart. Till death do us blard is what I'm thinking of. Too many people do this idea. <laughs> but like like I was I was Whoa. talking to my girlfriend, I was like, I do want to do this for um for Detective Pikachu, except I want it to be every single day. Um and I also don't need to do a podcast for it. I just want to watch it every day and just be happy with my life. Speaking about <laughs> other podcasts, and to briefly plug <laughs> friend of the podcast's podcast, uh, <laughs> this is literally the result of a Think of the Children episode. Like, it's... <laughs> it is! This is Owen Piper's Think of the Children. This is what happened. It's Detective Pikachu. That's how they, they did that dirty deed where they ruin your childhood. It's very good. Oh lord! Also, I like that. My favorite thing also right now is chat is kind of desperately being like, "Hey, remember when you're talking about D and D?" Like they've got some like very good suggestions for like uh, sending like false flag notes to players uh, when they don't have like anything important, like just notes that say like "hello" or "you feel hungry" or things like "oh, like you hear a scream that sounds like player name elsewhere in the dungeon." Or this note is intentionally blank. Like, I like that a lot. Like, randomly, like, giving your players just not... Like, I don't know if this has to do with metagaming anymore, but I like it a lot. It's just fun. It's just... This is just... We've turned this episode into fuck with your players, and that's also excellent. Um, but yes... Uh, we're, like on that note, I guess we're gonna start wrapping up. Uh, we'll do some, we'll do some like quick fire, uh, last advice. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll go to our trusty D4. Hoopa jupa Uh, three. You know what? It, the, the dice wanted us to be bastards again. So, Josh, you're up again. First. Uh, last thing I would say, uh, establish your social contract. Uh, do it session zero. Session zero is super important, and it's a good time to figure out what your players want to do. I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. Next. Uh, that'll be Alfred. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I just wanted to check with them. Um, earlier we were talking about like stealth checks and hidden rolls, and um, <laughs> the idea that if, if someone rolls bad on stealth and then is like, I don't want to go anymore, and then you should just be <laughs> like, just while well, you're doing it, because you rolled. Um <laughs> I think uh, a fun <laughs> a fun way of uh, getting around that is um, if you if you always wait to ask for skill checks. I I don't ask for I don't let people roll stealth as they're just crawling into a tunnel, right? Because also if you're if you're a stealthy person, you know that you're stealthy. Like you you just narrate it like they're stealthy, and then you wait until they are walking past like an open door with a guard in it, uh, and then when they're like, I'm going to try and get past this door, then in that moment you roll stealth for that moment only. Um, and that's a good way of like so then you can because then you can like and the then you can like not carry the stealth result forward as well so if they pass that and then later on they want to like pickpocket something from someone then you roll again and that's just for that moment and I think that's a much better way of doing it I think yeah I get you I get you right. next up oh, that'll be me um, yeah I think with, with metagaming um, in general I, I think that metagaming when it affects you as the DM uh, isn't too much of a big deal like if, if it's like sometimes when they want to like pile on a roll and you have to say no whatever 
sometimes metagaming when it's dealing with the game is fine. But if it's player players like kind of like trying to steal information from other players when they don't want it stolen, you might have to have a talk with them about that. Just be like, look, let, if, if, like if, if this character doesn't want you to know this yet, then there will be another time. Unless you've got a bastard player who never tells anyone anything ever and ruins your game, then just kill them and get over <laughs> with it. It's fine. Adam Perry! <laughs> uh... Don't be afraid to call your players out on their bullshit. So if they want you to, if they want to do something that they definitely wouldn't know or wouldn't be able to do, just tell them no. Like it's as simple as that. And mm-hmm. just don't say no for a reason. Don't just say no and be like, eh, no, <laughs> you don't get to do yeah. it. Um, just give them a good reason and just tell them that this isn't something that your character would know. Don't try to uh, like reward them for not metagaming. Like like, oh, you find this cool thing or. Uh, something I don't know, Detective Pikachu in Cinemas 2019. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Okay, um, so yeah, we've got we've got uh, plugs. Uh, Alfred, what do you got for us? Oh, uh, yeah, so twitch.tv slash pennyblue. I mostly stream game-making things. Um, now I have angry bunnies. Oh. Uh, and they, they can also mm. bounce on things and will also be squashed <laughs> and will squash you if you're not careful. <laughs> I like that we're getting like a synopsis of your streams on this podcast, and that's very good for me. Like, I very much enjoy that. I realize that it's the probably the best. It's the best advertising, I think. Yeah, right. Just very brief synopsis. It's so good. Um, okay, uh, Josh, what do you got for us? So, uh, yeah, I, I have a, a Disney podcast called On the Front Porch with Us, uh, an unofficial Disney podcast. It is. I do it with my brother Tony. Um, we talk about Disney movies and uh, talk about trivia and stuff. It's it's a lot of fun. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Front Porch Disney, uh, and those come out every other Wednesday. Awesome. Are you kind of worried that Walt Disney's going to rise from the grave and come and kill you? Because I would be <laughs> like I. Uh, I fear. I, I fear I, for Disney. I would be more concerned if. Uh, if it wasn't very positive. It's all very okay. positive, with the exception of all the racist stuff. <laughs> ah. Yeah. It's mm. mm. <laughs> a very we, we, good ca- we call that out. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Okay. But yes, um, if you want to find me on things, you can find me on A Teacup Gamer on Twitch. Um, I do a lot of good things on there, or and terrible things. I... I'm on Twitch. It's fun. Um, also, if you're listening to this, I'm um, the 12 Days of Indie stream. It's a Twitch stream that is all to do with um, uh, helping raise money for Toys for Tots for Christmas. Um, and there is quite a few days left. If you're listening to this right now live, then it's got six more days. If you're listening to this when it comes out on Saturday, you've got a two more days, including today. I will be on next Sunday. If you want to see, I will be on at 1 p.m. GMT on the very last day. It's a very good cause, and you should come and come and do that. It's on twitch.tv forward slash indie, I-N-D-I-E. Uh, for Crit Chat, you can find us on Twitter at crit underscore chat and talk to us there by using by like tagging us or using the hashtag Crit Chat. Uh, you can also like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Crit Chat. That one is all one word. Or hop over to our Patreon with Crit Chat, again, all one word. Uh, wherever you're listening, you can also go into the description and find a link to our Discord channel. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, searching Crit Chat in podcasts and leave a five-star review for the five-star show that this clearly is. 
uh, or find us on all the best podcast apps. Um, yeah, you can watch us live on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. GMT over on a Teacup Gamer on Twitch, or catch us on all podcast apps on Saturdays. Until then, I have been Ismay. I've been Adam. I've been Alfred. I'm Josh. And you've been listening Detective to Crit- Pikachu in Detective Pikachu is the greatest thing that's ever going to happen to this world. Goodbye. Imagine a real Gengar. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>